You're listening to another sermon by Pastor Michael Zapata from the Potter's House Christian Church. Matthew chapter, sorry, Matthew chapter 24, my apologies. 24, 42 through to 44. The Second World War uh, was regarded the bloodiest war. Uh, it could also be considered the weirdest as well. A conflict of full-foiled plans to do everything from kidnapping the Pope and locking him up in a castle to strapping miniature bombs on bats and dropping them uh, uh, on Japanese cities. Something that happened that transpired during the Second World War again goes down to a strange but a true list. Uh, has to do with a Nazi plan to bomb Britain with clouds of forged banknotes. This was known as Operation Bernhard. And in this process, the Nazis uh, recruited some of the best forgers, Jewish forgers, uh, uh, artists that would uh, uh, get the Great Britain pound notes and, and forge them to an identical uh, uh, forgery, counterfeit notes. The purpose of this was to literally make it rain. They would fly uh, planes over Great Britain and they would drop all these forged banknotes uh, so that the British economy would be uh, destabilized. The plot was uncovered when Alfred uh, Newjocks, uh, a German intelligent uh, officer, was captured and interrogated in 1944. Had these counterfeit banknotes reigned over Britain, this would have absolutely destroyed the war on Great Britain's side. Why? Because how many know everyone loves free money? And it wouldn't have taken very long for people to fall for this and think these banknotes were real, therefore put in... Um, uh, counterfeit and begin to function this way. The truth is also when it comes to regards of the lies and the truth that we are more prone to fall for lies than we are for the truth. In fact, the strategy of the devil many times uh, is the counterfeit approach. Something that may look like the truth, something that may seem believable, but deep down inside, it's a counterfeit. I want to preach to you a sermon entitled, Beware the Counterfeit, out of the book of Matthew, chapter 24. We're going to be reading from verse 42 through to 44. The Bible says these words, Watch therefore. For you do not know the hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known the hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Beware the counterfeit. I want to look and firstly focus on the end time signs. What you have to understand is here is a warning falling many times upon deaf ears and blind eyes. Jesus Christ uses the word watch 
Therefore, uh, this word is uh, meant to engage our thinking uh, because how many know that you can get caught up uh, with just uh, not being mindful of your surroundings? Uh, we can get behind the wheel and just like every day we're driving down the same roads, uh, we're following the same paths uh, and we have zoned out, we have detached ourselves uh, from reality and so Jesus issues a warning to all bringing light to a fact that has been hidden or even withheld for thousands of years. The word watch is used 20 times in the Gospels, mostly regarding to the last days, to the end times, at a time where the Son of Man would come and return. And this word watch is generally mentioned with the follow-up expression of prayer. In other words, he would say, watch and pray. You could bring it to a, a, a bringing not just a, what you're doing in reality, but engage it with what you're doing spiritually. Prayer being that factor that prevents the disciples from entering into temptation. The Bible says in Matthew 26, 41, Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. In other words, is weak. In other words, Jesus is very clearly saying that we can get caught up watching, but not engaging our minds into things that are happening. Now there is a, you can do your own research, but there is a book called Hooked. And in this book called Hooked uh, is the scientific proof uh, that uh, the moment you begin to watch a movie, the moment you engage in uh, entertainment, whether it be a game or a movie, uh, that uh, the scientific uh, 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 research shows uh, that the part of your brain that is uh, uh, married up with your morals switches off. In other words, you can watch someone get killed, engage in fornication, be raped, be, you know, be decapitated, and all you are thinking is, this is just a movie. It's pretend. It's make-believe. But what you have to understand is Jesus says, watch and pray. In other words, engage not just what you're fixing your eyes to. Don't just watch whatever you want, but rather be mindful of what you're watching. Because we can fall into this reality. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now this inability to see prevents heavenly revelation being revealed to the believer. In other words, there are many Christians that live a Christian life. They believe in Jesus Christ. They read the Bibles. They, 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 you know, they, they go through everyday life, but they're not engaged in what's happening spiritually. Christianity has become a religion being explained and reasoned with, where in the Gospels it was proclaimed and demonstrated. 
In the Gospels, it was, you know, you, we, we believe in God. Jesus is the Messiah. And many times it would be met with, I don't believe that. That is not true. And the response would be, come and see. Why? Because there's uh, something linked to being able to see and believe, engaging our faith, uh, putting that into play. The trouble is, is we have grown careless with what we're watching. You can say amen or oh me. We can drive past and the devil uses this. You can have beautiful people with bright white teeth advertising a completely irrelevant product. You can have all types of things, and, and it's there in your face. And you, I mean, you, you, know, you, you can download an app, a free app, be playing, and you pass the stage, and the next thing, boom, there's a pop-up ad. Why? Because the devil is trying to infiltrate your mind through what you are seeing, disengaging you from the realities of the spiritual realm. Early Christians would be known for peppering phrases like, if God is willing, if the Lord wills, James 4.15, the Bible says, instead you ought to say, if the Lord wills, you shall live and do this or that. In other words, our vocabulary was peppered with things that would require us to engage with what God is doing. I know there are my plans. I know there are my dreams and my goals, but God has a will and a plan. And if, that, if what I'm doing doesn't engage with that then you know what I don't want to be a part of it and this was the understanding of the new believer of the new testament church the question is is do we truly truly believe today thousands of years after the death burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ do we still believe what the Word of God says when it comes to the return of Jesus Christ? Does our generation still pray that He would come soon? Because the truth is, is many times we live and settle for a below-par Christianity. All the outward expressions, all the calisthenics of let's give God praise and hallelujah and chandala bibis, but lacking the power thereof, the ability to transform, the ability to go from death to life, the ability to be able to engage and say, I was once lost, but now I'm found. Now we just, you know what? Don't judge me because of my sin or I'm not a perfect Christian. And we fall onto, we fall into these traps and the longer that time goes past, we stray away from the Word of God. Can I declare to you that Jesus Christ is coming soon? Amen? Jesus Christ could come back this year. Are you ready? If he were to come today, would you be with him?
Or have you fallen for the counterfeit? I've got a Jesus fish. I can quote you know, John 3.16. But is it genuine? Is it real, beloved? Because we're living in the last days. I want to look secondly this morning at the broken generation. Now, there has been a lack of understanding which has caused a great disconnect. A disconnect between reality and truth. The amplified version of our text says these words. It says, but understand this. Had the householder known in what part of the night, whether in a night or a morning, what the thief was coming, he would have watched and would have not have allowed his house to be undermined and broken into. There are two things that the Bible speaks about here. It says undermined and broken. And I believe we are living in this generation of an undermined and brokenness. We plan for everything, don't we? And yet there are so many things that we forget about. How many ever left their house and either forgotten to actually take something that you were supposed to take with you you get into your car, you start driving, and you head down the wrong way because you just, you just you forgot. It's your day off, but you're driving to work. Years ago, my family and I, we traveled, and we did a little bit of sightseeing, and we only had a couple of days in Rome. How many have heard of Rome, right? Rome, the place with the Colosseum, the Trevi Fountain, Spanish Steps, history is in Rome. Well, this particular day, my sister-in-law was traveling with us, uh, and uh, she just got the flu. She, she just got sick. She became overwhelmed with sickness. Uh, she said, you know what? I'm just going, I just can't go out today. Uh, I'm going to stay in the hotel. Uh, and she spent a whole day watching uh, uh, Gilmore Girls in Italian. She didn't even understand it. <laughs> she had not... Anticipated, and you know, I, I remember my mum saying, "Okay, listen, we got to, you know, load up on vitamins and make sure that our immune system is up. Because when you go on holidays, you don't want to be sick. How many have been sick on holidays? You get there and you're like, I'm supposed to be taking time off, and I can't even enjoy my holiday. Anyway, she spent the whole day in the hotel again, missing the Colosseum. She missed the Trevi Fountain. She missed the Spanish Steps." You can never get that back. It hasn't been back since. But here's this reality. Many of us are like that spiritually. We don't expect the unexpected. We don't prepare. In fact, we're quite happy to just live our life. And so long as things are not going bad, so long as things are not difficult, we just live and continue to go through the motions. And yet something that undermines, something that is broken comes in and we don't know how to process that. This becomes a lack of understanding. And if you're not careful... Bible says time, you don't know the hour, you don't know the time that Jesus Christ is coming back. Watch, be mindful, pray, find out, because it could happen and you could miss out. Now let me ask you this, is what you know today 
worth betting your whole life on? Is everything that you've gone and done and applied yourself to, whether it be even education, whether it be a, a, a discovering new things in life, you've uh, given yourself to hobbies, you've given yourself uh, uh, to sport and recreation, entertainment, uh, 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 everything that you know right now was to be boiled down. Is it worth betting your life on it? Because if it takes you away from the knowledge of Jesus Christ, it's not worth it. The disconnect has caused a generation to trade safety and security for distress and disquietude. Here is this reality. We are living in a generation where God is being undermined. Where the first thing that comes into question is, is God real? That was never up for debate before. You rewind the tape 40, 50 years ago, people knew God was real. It wasn't something that people opposed. If you came, you said, I'm a Christian, they wouldn't sneer and be, oh, you're a person of faith. Oh, you're so lower class. You're, you're lacking understanding. Now, because of this new hype word of science, I don't believe in religion. I believe in science. Well, science has become a religion. Science has become a faith because anything that starts with Long, long ago and far, far away is a fairy tale. And so you've got to have faith to believe in that. But here is this reality. God has been undermined. And now it's bled into the church. And whether the church today even practices or even believes, God can heal. God is with us. God cares. God answers our prayers. Now we're up for debate. It is like trying to stir faith in, in the hearts of the believers. Do you believe that God can do the impossible? Because it's never God's fault, is it? It always falls back on man. The book of Isaiah is a very profound book. Isaiah is warning the people of God for not heeding God's commandments. Listen to the words that Isaiah says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. You know what this scripture is talking about? It's talking about a counterfeit. It's talking about something that is not genuine, it's not real, but the devil is trying to paint it, but this is love. No, 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 you're not married. You're playing mums and dads. But we love each other, yes, but there are boundaries that the Bible speaks about, and if you want the blessing of God, irregardless to what you think, what does the Bible say? Well, it was only one look. It was just a moment of weakness and God says, no, 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 that's indulging in sin. Well, where is grace and where is God's love and what about his mercy? And that is all true, but our God is a perfect judge. How can you say that is good when in reality it's evil? It's a counterfeit. 
And the devil does all that he can to say, try it. It's okay. Like he said in the garden, you won't die. You'll be all right. He offers us, and in the process of doing that, he undermines. You want fame, you want fortune, you want your name in lights. Well, you have to stop singing in church and go sing in the clubs and pubs. You have to prostitute your God-given talents and abilities. Because God forbid you stand behind a microphone on a stage on Sunday morning and sing God's you know, praises to our Lord Jesus Christ without getting paid. Oh no, I want money. Oh, pastor, you know, I'm a professional drummer. I get paid in the clubs and pubs to perform. You want me to pray, um, you know, play for free? Absolutely. Let's not forget the strategy of the devil. He is trying to undermine God and number two, he breaks the relationship. Because of this undermining, now we have a second strategy from the devil that is a broken relationship. You know that God can be known. You can know God's will and you can do it. You can seek his face time and time again. We don't know what God looks like. We don't know exactly what he sounds. But listen to me. He can be found. He can be known. And you can have a personal relationship with him. This is a common expression. Christianity is not a religion, but a relationship with God. And yet, why is it we all have a relationship with God and somehow it differs? There are churches that don't believe in the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues. There are churches that will put a homosexual priest behind the pulpit. There are churches that believe in a predestination, once saved, always saved. You can never backslide. It's a broken relationship, church. There is a broken relationship. There is a disconnect. And now we have the questions being brought up. Can God be found? Is God real? I'm here to declare to you, we are living in the last days. How can Jesus speak about people who did great works, great miracles, and yet we're not allowed into his presence on the day of judgment. The Bible says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we have prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Miracles. Transformation. but a brokenness in relationship. Something is missing. Something is not there. And this broken relationship today with, between man and God 
is causing men to step, many men and women to step into eternity and face a very real judgment and the judgment of hell. Let me ask you and myself this morning, have we allowed ourselves to become vulnerable? Have we allowed ourselves to be taken advantage of? Has the devil stolen your faith? Is there a broken relationship between you and God? Is what you have real? Does it marry up with the word of God? Is there evidence to the expression of your faith, of our faith in Jesus Christ? You know, on Saturday night, it was a fantastic opportunity. We have a couple in our church, Dylan and Aisha, they're getting married and there was an engagement party. They invited their family, their friends. And being able to just sit there and watch as their, you know, uh, Dylan's mum and dad are not saved. And they're watching him. He's in a nice, uh, you know, dinner jacket. He's in a nice shirt. Uh, and he's walking around and there's things happening. And, and people are talking very highly in regards to uh, Dylan and what he's done. Uh, and the reason for that is because uh, it was only a few years ago he was, you know, police uh, officers were knocking on his door and, and coming and, and taking him, uh, uh, wanting to uh, uh, throw him in jail. And Jesus Christ saved him, delivered him, and he asked for forgiveness and repented of his sin and broke uh, spiritual ties and, and family curses. Uh, and now God is blessing him uh, and everything uh, he's beginning to put his mind to. Listen, that's a transformed life. That's a testimony of change and seeing the difference. I could just imagine, you know, his dad looking at him going, who are you? What have you done with Dylan? That's genuine. That's not a fake. That's not a counterfeit. That's the work of God. I read an article that said the conversion age. A new study indicates that this is an American study. 43% of Americans who accepted Jesus Christ as their savior do so before reaching the age of 13. 64% of born-again Christians made that commitment before the age of 18. 13% made their profession of their faith while between the ages of 18 and 21. 23% after their 21st birthday, Catholics who become born again tend to do so before reaching high school. Among those currently associated with Catholic churches are, uh, and who are born again, 66% accepted Christ before the age of 13, 21% did so from 13 through to 21, and the remaining 13% made the decision as adults. In contrast, Protestants make that choice in an older age, 40% did so as children, 35 between 13 and 21, and 25 as adults. Let me just say this. The statistics are in, and it doesn't look good. The longer you leave it, the less of a chance of you actually making a wholehearted decision, putting in place what God wants to do in your life. I want to look further in closing the coming of Jesus Christ. The simple question is, are you ready? If there was any doubt, if there's any doubt at all, now is the time to change. Can anybody say amen? You're in the right place. If you're here and you're convicted, that is my job, uh, is to be able to make sure you don't enjoy your sinful life. 
If you are living uh, contradicting uh, the, uh, uh, the will of God and, uh, and God's commandments, uh, listen to me, uh, you are in the right place because Jesus Christ can transform you uh, from uh, darkness to light. He came to set the captives free. Uh, there is hope this morning. Hallelujah. Matthew 24, 44, the Bible says, Therefore, uh, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. Uh, now, let me break down that scripture. That word ready uh, is the Greek word uh, hitomos. This word uh, comes from an old noun, hitios, uh, which means fitness. How many like going to the gym? <laughs> Ain't nobody like going to the gym, right? Because it's hard. It's fitness. That means you have to stop worshipping St. Mattress and get out of bed and go run or stop eating KFC every second day and stop having a midnight snack and, and stop doing things that you know is causing you to look like a beach ball. You have to ultimately begin to discipline your life. And the Bible says be ready. In other words, be fit. We're all going for a run after this. Hallelujah. <laughs> Sacrifice. It's a discipline. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, For the bodily exercises profits little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of life that now is and that which is to come. This passage of Scripture that is written to Timothy, it's speaking about applying yourself and doing what you know is difficult to do. What's interesting about this Scripture is the text before this says this. But reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself towards godliness. The Bible is saying take the lies and expose them for what they are. You need to be able to, if you don't know the lie, you'll fall. Sorry, if you don't know the truth, you'll fall for every lie. That's the principle. Don't just live a Christian life hoping you'll make heaven your home. Because the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I was going to give my life to Jesus Christ. I was going to stop the life of addiction. I was going to. And you never make that decision because of that. The Bible says you miss out on what is to come. You have to be ready. You have to apply yourself. The simple truth is we don't know what we don't know. But I'm looking out to a crowd that is very bright. And I'm sure of you, most of you know either the Ten Commandments, a little bit of the Gospels of Jesus Christ. We have enough knowledge to realize what leads us to hell and what leads us to heaven. And so this is the simple truth. We can't pretend like we never knew. The Bible says you will one day stand before a perfect and just God. And the reason why Jesus Christ hasn't come back yet, and again, we don't know the hour or the day, the reason why He hasn't come back yet is because there are still people that haven't heard and haven't had an opportunity. But that day is coming. 
with the advancement of social media, the internet, it's very difficult not to know about Jesus Christ today. And that moment when that last person finds out, Jesus says, or God says, Jesus, it's time. God says, okay. In the blink of an eye. That day is coming. Jesus would repeat, for those who have ears to hear, let them hear. If you're unsaved this morning, and for whatever reason you feel, you know what, I, I'm just not ready, I'm just not, you know, I, uh, you know, I can't do it right now. There are so many other things that I need to get in order. If you were to step into eternity, God will bring you back to this very moment and say, I gave you a chance. I gave you an opportunity. What would it profit you to gain this whole world and eternity to lose his soul? If Jesus Christ was standing here this morning, he would look at you in the eyes and say, don't leave today. Don't put it off for one more second. It's not worth it. Eternity is at stake. Luke 8, 10, the Bible says these words. To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. To the rest has been given in parables that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Jesus spoke in parables to engage the hearer. He spoke in riddles so that you would ask questions. He did it in a way that you wouldn't just listen through one ear and go out the other. If you truly wanted to know, you had to ask questions. And so the question this morning I propose to you is, are you saved? If you were to die today, would you make heaven your home? Are you a follower of Jesus or are you a disciple? Thousands thronged Jesus. Thousands watched and loved the food and the fish. More. We want more. Entertain me. I want a song service with lights and smoke and mirrors. And, and I, I want the tingly sensation. I want to be, you know, oh, pastor, I need deeper revelation. I need to know what to, the Greek and Hebrew. I want you to speak in Hebrew and Greek. And it's like. But are you saved? Because it doesn't matter if you don't obey what God says. We can have the most comfortable seats, recline back. We can have a little quilt over you, give you a cup of coffee. But if you're not going to heaven, if you're not engaging if you're not asking questions, if you're not being honest before God and say, God, you know what? I am a sinner. I need to repent. Would you come into my heart? Let me read to you this closing thought. It goes like this. If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need is forgiveness. So God sent us a savior. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. No one moving around just for a few moments. The presence of God is in this place.
You're in the very presence of Jesus Christ. 